And we're back. So good to see you. Good morning. Welcome back to Dick Pills and Coffee. I'm Kate Mulligan, and I'm going to suck you off and keep you awake. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jay Wade. Hey, do you yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad at all. Oh, yeah, really? man. I'm not the one with the difficulties uh, this time. Oh, what's that? I'm sorry. I said I'm not the one with the difficulties this time. Just cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, we're starting a little late here. Uh, that's that's my bad. Hey, technical issues, man. But it happens to the best of us. Uh, you know, just ask Christian and the crew. Um, hell, that first week of SEN Live was really rough. You know what I mean? Uh, when they were working <laughs> yeah, out all the yeah. bugs. Uh, ain't never gonna bitch about it. I still enjoyed it, but it was rough, dude. It's expensive shows. So, yep. And uh, look at me. I'm being all. Uh, I'm arranging shit as we're live. I love it, dude. It's like usually yeah, I'm here 15 minutes early and prepping stuff, but today was just cool, holy man, shit. Man, yeah. Uh, just arranging things. Um, 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 look like he moved. Yeah, he looks the same. He rearranged his books, and other than that, he wouldn't have guessed. He even yeah. had the um, today, he even had the outlaw hat right to hand when he needed it. He just pulled it out <laughs> anyway. I yeah, regret. well, I thought that the other day too. Was it yesterday? He was on there as well. I thought that yeah. too. I was like. It's like, man, I thought he was in his new house, and it looks like they they maybe they got a new house, but they just took that that old office from their apartment and moved it into the new house. Oh, like in um Freddie Got Fingered. Have you seen Freddie Got Fingered where he literally moves the house and puts it in India just to prank it's his dad? It's been a long time. I have seen it, but it's been a long time. Tom yeah, Bruce. nobody's watching that movie to make that reference, but I went there. That's yeah. fine. How are you doing? Other than oh, the... not too bad, man. Not too bad. Uh, it's it's been a pretty decent week. Um, in life, at least. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, I guess. Uh, work and all that shit. I, although I will say, man, I um, I live. Uh, um, I live. My my housing at the moment is uh, it's uh, uh income based rent. So my yeah. rent is based on a percentage of my income, right? Um, I'm coming up on my one year renewal for my lease. I've been here a year now and they just sent me a letter yesterday telling me that I have not given them the, the papers they requested to recertify some of my stuff. And if I don't get that to them by the end of this month then my rent goes up to $647 a month. And I'm like, you know, first of all, I'm like, dude, I, I mean, I, not, I'm not going to give anything away. I've got stuff going on, and 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 I yeah. do work. Obviously, I have a job, but uh, I don't make six hundred forty-seven dollars in a month at all. Yeah. Like so, but but the thing is that bothered me is they. I did give them the, the paperwork. <laughs> they stood here in my apartment with me and helped me fill some of it out. So I'm just. <laughs> So that's the worst thing. On you know, they know. Got to go down there and figure out what the fuck's going on here after we record. And yeah, know. man, we have a lot of stuff like that where it's like percentages of your income versus your your rent. And um, I mean, we get that with health healthcare too, which I know that's not something I'm going to complain about. But um, 
you know, if you earn over a certain amount, you're not entitled to free healthcare, but if it goes under, then you are. And then obviously if you work a job where it changes, you know, like one month, your healthcare is cool, next month, it's not. You know, if you get like prescriptions and medication and stuff like that, it can be a real wrench. Yeah. But I'm not going to bitch about healthcare to an American, it's fine. Well, I, I, I'm not, and, and I got something else here real quick, and, and none of this is on fucking topic, but that's okay. At least it's in the, at the, at the, the start of the show and not going in, in the middle, but, uh, yeah, well, I've got another issue. There's something, and I'm not, I'm not bitching about this. It's the way it is. Uh, I don't agree with some things of it, but the fact is that when I was laid off due to coronavirus back in March, um, which I've since gone back to work. We went back in uh, July or something. I think it was July. Yeah, we went back to work. But when I was laid off, um, I applied for food assistance, um, a thing they call SNAP, uh, a, right. a program here. And because I was unemployed, I qualified for it. And I've been receiving some, uh, some help yeah. with purchasing groceries and stuff, which is greatly appreciated always. Uh, but then I just got a letter from them, like my six months is up, you know, like yeah. when, when they did, it was for six months. And now that I'm back to work because I don't work, it, uh, more than 30 hours a week, I have to go in order to keep my, my food assistance. I have to go to places they send me to do other work to make up those hours. Yeah, and, that's crazy. Well, yeah, well, it, it's a little odd in a way. I mean, I can understand to a point, but in a way it's a little odd. But like right now, there are still people who don't have jobs at all because of coronavirus. I'm lucky yeah. enough that I've been back to work since July, and they want me to go out and do other side jobs when there are people who have no jobs at all and can't find yeah. them. It's, it's like, it's what crazy. the fuck no, are you guys talking about? There's no unreasonable like delegation with anything. Uh, you know, especially that changeover period where you're getting help with something. And then when you're kind of coming back into the normal, relatively normal, and then, you know, it kind of just makes it more complicated. You, you wish that you wouldn't have the help in the first place sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Well, that's like a whole nother thing. And I'll, because you said that, I'll do it one more time. And I promise after this, we'll get into the actual show. But when you said that, you know, um, uh, that makes me think I was just talking about this with my folks the other night when it was time to do my taxes uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, I had two options. I don't know. I don't understand about fucking taxes and I don't do my own taxes, but I had two options that I was told from the tax person who did my, my taxes said I could not, I could not file anything at all because I hadn't made enough and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't pay any, you know, I wouldn't therefore yeah having to do anything at all, not losing money, or I could have them file something for me that they found and get me a $300 refund, federal refund check. So I'm like, okay, let's do that. Well, I already paid the, the, the people for filing these tax papers. So I've paid these people like $180 to file these papers so that I can get a $300 check. I've still not received the $300 fucking dollar tax refund from the government yet. And it's like one of those where, uh, okay, so I was in a position where I would not lose any money, meaning I wouldn't be paying $180 for someone to do something. But I did that for a return, and now here we are eight months later, and I still ain't got the fucking return. Yeah, but how much do you want to get fucked, really? Yeah. You know? Not no, not at all, really. <laughs> I mean, a little bit would be um, cool, but... 
<laughs> well, it depends which way you're looking at it. But it reminds me of um, just a minute ago, I was looking on Twitter and I saw um, Andrew Guy was um, talking, again, not to get political, right. but um, he was saying about, he was asking how many people vote for, you know, neither of the big two parties and is it really worth voting for any of the smaller ones? And I thought, well, that's kind of like asking, you know, which turd do you want to eat, really, when you yeah. break it down? You know, how much do you want to get fucked? How big of a turd do you want to eat? Yeah, yeah. And I and I replied on that exchange with Andrew. Uh that was a valid uh that was a very valid question for him to start a discussion on. Um yeah, very valid. Yeah, but and I, I fall in the category to where as long as you're true to yourself and you vote for whoever you think will yeah. do the best job, regardless of if they're yeah. in a party or not, as long as you're true to yourself, then in my opinion, that's that's you're good to yeah. go. In a but system it's hard because everybody, yeah. it, it's not only a sides thing. It's really weird. It's not only a sides thing, but it's become like, if you're not on my side, then fuck you. You know, it's not yeah. only, it's like if, oh, you're on the other side, fuck mm. you. Oh, wait, you're not on my side and you're not on the other side, but you're not on my side. So, yeah. fuck you know. And it goes beyond that as well, because obviously people are, obviously I know that Andrew wasn't saying this specifically, but then there is that mentality of, even if you kind of are on my side, but you don't necessarily vote for my side or the other side, then fuck you as well. Yeah, so, I don't get it, man. Yeah. I don't get it, man. So whatever. I just can't wait till 2025 and there is someone completely different that's not anyone who is who is running now. I just want to move past everything yeah. and everyone who is involved in politics now. I just want to get get their terms and all of them out of there, and then just start fresh in twenty twenty five. But anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we are an SEN live after show. If you couldn't tell, um, the most political non political show on the air. Yes, yes. We don't talk about politics. Um, when we do, when we do, boy, we They're do. Shitting and fucking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, this is the midweek episode, so we're here to cover Monday, Tuesday, and today. And uh, on Monday, we had Christian at the helm uh, with Brett and Kate. What up, Ben? And uh, RB3, which was kind of surprising uh, to see Kate, or not Kate, but Christian there on a Monday. Uh, we've yeah, come across yeah, the Roca. And, and I didn't yeah. even, okay, when Tuesday started and, uh, and Roca was hosting, that's when it hit me, and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't Monday. Yesterday was Monday, and Roka didn't host yesterday. Yeah, like there's not enough to throw your time and spatial yeah. awareness out, and now Roka's coming in on Tuesdays. Yeah. You know, does he always do the Thursdays? Am I right on that? Uh, Thursdays? I think, doesn't Winston usually do Thursdays? That's right, yeah, yeah. And Roka usually does Monday and yeah, Wednesday and Friday, perhaps, or Monday yeah. and Friday at least. Yeah, cool. I was just thinking, if he didn't do Monday, does that mean he'll maybe rotate to one of the other days um, on Thursday? But, you know, Winston needs his job too, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. and w we're still waiting for uh, Ben Goddard to host an episode. Um, yeah, sometimes it feels like he kind of is, you know? Like, yes, yes. You know, and I know he's got to rein everyone in. We talked about that um, a lot last week. Yeah. But then you think, like, even when Christian goes off, Maybe just let him do it. But Ben, you know, props to him. We'll even call Christian in, you know, yeah. on the be like, look, guys, we need to get to this shit. You yeah. know, we need to get to these questions. And yeah. it, not it, it, definitely, to 
It definitely seems like the Ben Goddard show sometimes, which is really funny when you bring up that he does that yeah. to Christian. And it's like, it's like, I don't know, you know, imagine any other thing where you're, you're telling your boss, okay, dude, we got to fucking move on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the kid putting a drunk parent to bed or something. <laughs> That's perfect, dude. Yeah. That's perfect. The way I uh, see it. What's the, um, what's the first topic for Monday? Uh, the shut down. Yeah, yeah, Regal Theatre shut down. Um, I, see, I don't know. Let me ask you, what, in the UK, what, is Regal over there in the UK? And if so, is it the biggest no. chain in the UK? No, we basically have two chains. Um, isn't that a rap group? Anyway, we have two <laughs> chains. Um, we have Cineworld, who we've heard about a bit um, this week, and we have Odeon. I think both or one of those are owned by or, you know, in partnered with their, um, you know, chains, one of your chains over there, what's the word I'm looking for, the analogs um, over there. I'm not sure, I don't know if it's Regal is, and Cineworld are all under the same umbrella, that might be. I honestly don't know, man. I, I'm no. not a, I'm not personally a movie-going person unless it's, if it's Tarantino, I will go to every Tarantino movie in the theater. Yeah. I'll see every Kevin Smith movie in the theater. I will go see most Scorsese movies in the theater and every Star Wars. Other than that, I've never had an issue with watching things at home, which we'll kind of talk about a little bit later from today. Yeah, sure. Um, I haven't said that we, we do have only have the two chains. Um, in my town, we have none of those chains. We have a crappy little two-screen two independent theater. Um, so I'm not sure how... That's going to factor in. I mean, they're struggling. They were struggling before this. You know, two screens. They never, never fall. Very rarely are they fall. And um, I'm not sure if it was on today, um, yesterday's show or Monday. I might skip ahead a little bit. But they're talking about the um, the, the possibility of studios buying up. Yeah. Um, which is more than inevitable at this point. It seems like the only way that is going to save the theatres, I mean, saving is a bit of a weird word if you're kind of just buying them out and scrapping the parts, but, you know, as close to a save as you can get, I guess, at this point. But see, um, do you think they would save the current theatre chains, or do you think they would just flat out buy them out and therefore taking out the middleman? And I mean, because if they do that and take and remove the 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 uh, current chain's ownership yeah. now, then they would eliminate them and all of that profit would be theirs from the concessions and everything. You asked me that question a couple of years ago and I would have said, of course they want to help out the middleman. That's their bread and butter. There's no way they're going to survive without that. Now we've looking how cutthroat some of these companies have been, especially during COVID. And um lost my trade of thought. So they might as well. It, it seems like this... If you're gonna do something like that, now is the time to do it, or at least it will be when it when it inevitably rolls around. Um, I can easily foresee just having an Amazon theater, a Netflix theater, and then maybe you know you get Warner Bros theaters, and then like Disney theaters. I don't know how many cities in the states have like how many theaters they have on average. So I don't know if that makes it you know if they kind of cutting each other out a little bit because if you've only got the the Netflix theater near you, and then you're not going to be able to go and see the, you know, the other movies. So it, it could bite them back in the foot if they get too overzealous and try and just take them straight out. But 
I would imagine the prospect of all that extra income and none of that shaving off the um the forty percent and or is it sixty percent that the um theatres get of the, the the prices and stuff. That's got to be a pretty tempting notion for a movie studio who are making three hundred million dollar movies and they're not just one or two a year anymore. It's like six, seven, eight you know, massive yeah. movies, yeah. which is why we're in this situation in the first place. It was bound to happen. You know, spending $300 million on a movie, you've got guys like Daniel Craig and Robert Downey Jr. who are getting like 50 million plus per movie. And there is no job in the world that is worth that money. I don't care how many of your own stunts you do or how many, you know, late night shoots you do. That's disgusting, you know. Like I said last week, we've got, you know, farmers markets and all these small businesses that are essential as essential can be who are struggling. And then we've got these other overbloated. And obviously the business model of the modern theatre experience revolves around, you know, the concessions, you know, the way that it has been for the last 60 years. So they've kind of only got themselves to blame. So I think studios are going to have to take a hit one way or the other, whether that be releasing all these movies on demand or, you know, selling either part or in full to the studios. Who knows? It'll be a fun thing to watch in a kind of morbid car crash kind of way, I would think. Now, uh, something just hit me, an, an idea, and I'll ask your opinion on this. Um, now, we all know, like, the streaming companies are competitive, like Amazon against Hulu, against Netflix, against Disney+. Plus. Um, and the studios, obviously, then you've got the studios kind of in a different group and they're in competition with each other. What do you think there's any way that I could, okay, I could not see the streaming companies and the studios coming together on this. And, and, but, but my thing is like, maybe, maybe at least one or two of the streaming companies or one or two of the, the studios come together and they throw in to start a new movie theater chain where they're all partners. So there's not like an Amazon theater chain, uh, uh, Sony studio chain, and they could just show all the movies. I don't know if that could even work. I'm not sure if it could. It sounds, it sounds good, but then it's just more moving parts and everyone's looking for their percentage. And I think you're more likely to end up in a similar situation. Like what we've got. I mean, a kind of middle option, I would think, would be to do something where maybe all of these smaller studios that are make, you know, are still making movies, and maybe they license them, you know, more so to to Netflix or to Amazon if they had their own theaters, and then maybe that would incentivize, you know, the streaming theaters to um to buy up more movies to to show on their screens, and then it it then provides all these independent movies with you know like an instant buyer where it's like okay these guys are definitely looking for more content now you know not just necessarily the kind of tiny budget movies but more of those mid-level you know um experiences that we don't really get anymore so it could it could work out but i don't know man this year's made me pretty cynical something tells me that it's all just going to eat itself alive but we'll see well, it, it was also brought up, you know, which I could very, I, I could see this very well happening. Um, Chinese investors coming in and buying out the theater ch- yeah. chains, but 
then that makes me wonder. We already know that when that here in the states, when we make movies and we send them to China, China basically it's gives them notes. Yeah. Yeah. So if they own the theaters in the United States, aren't they then going to put those same notes on us and restrict you us? You would assume so, because then otherwise they would have to kind of have two two separate departments, you know, for running the the movies in China, right? Which is Kind of seems like too much of a half step if you're going to do it and bring in Chinese companies to invest. That's probably going to happen for sure. I mean, they would have that in mind, I guess, before producing. So it'd be less of a snip snip in the editing room and more of a, you know, you've got to write your movies now within these different parameters to fit yeah. an international audience, which could be good, but could also stifle a lot of creativity. But, you know, studio stifling creativity isn't anything overtly new. So, true. you know, better level you know, I guess. Yeah, very true. Very true. We'll just have to see how it all works out. Um, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I hate to, I don't mean it in a bad way, but I mean, the, the reality for me is I'm not a big movie theater going person. So it kind no. of doesn't really affect me all that much. I, I only see the big movies, there. really. And if, it becomes like a individualized studio theater kind of system. I don't know where my local two screener would fit into that really. You know, Netflix and Amazon aren't gonna buy that. They only show two movies at a time. Yeah. Um, so, and so then my biggest, you know, source of entertainment at the theaters, I wouldn't be able to access. And I'm guessing they wouldn't miss my, you know, small change overall but there would be a lot of people you know internationally who would probably fit into that camp you know um all over europe and, and china and everywhere else they haven't got a big giant multiplex in every town so yeah 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 hopefully uh hopefully that'll sort itself out uh i don't know it's not looking good though but uh but we steep we keep getting trailers for movies. So I mean there's definitely not a shortage of movies, uh not yet at least. There's gonna be uh, too many. There's gonna yeah, be too yeah. many. People are already saying that there was too many big blockbuster movies, and now we're gonna have so many in the next two years. But then yeah. that might be exactly what the um industry needs to build itself back up. Or or it could turn people off because they're getting too much. Which I mean, I don't know how yeah. likely that is. But I mean, I okay. Well, I will say, all right. I love music, but I will admit that I have not like sat down and listened to music for a very, very long time, and that's okay. because I got burnt out on it because I spent a year just listening to music every day, all day, and I was just like, okay, I need to switch to something else now. <laughs> yeah, if people only have the big movies available, that like you say, that could be a turn off. But then it's not too far removed from where we were at. But we'll see. Yeah. But now that I think about it, I can't believe I just said that because I mean, is there such a thing as too many big movies? You know what I mean? <laughs> Again, ask me that two years ago. I'd say, hell no, bring them all on. Yeah. But you know, and now I should feel like even more that I want want them brought on because you know I've not had any. But at this point, I'm kind of just burned out. I'm tired of hearing about movies. I'm tired yeah. of them announcing things and you know trailer dropping trailers for things because it's just you know it's like the build up to christmas but they keep moving christmas you know 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's just frustrating more than anything. And we're going to kind of be sick of hearing about all these movies, which is going to affect the um, the revenue on them, regardless of how and where they release them. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Um, but man, have you seen the trailer for the for uh, the new Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy? Oh right, um, I saw the first trailer. I haven't watched this trailer, kind of for the reasons that I just said. I, um, did they put a release date on the end of the trailer? Not that I noticed, no. no. But but this trailer, you get more information as to a plot, whereas yeah. the first trailer just seemed to be like the premise. It, for me, it was yeah. kind of confusing. Uh, the first trailer, you didn't really yeah. get an idea of what it was about. If you kind of know like games and technology to a certain extent, you know, I think you kind of more inclined to get a feel for what they're trying to do. But I think to your average Joe it wasn't obvious in that trailer. It's like, you know, why are all these people acting weird? You know, why are all these crazy things happening? Yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to this movie? Uh, are you a Ryan uh, Reynolds fan? And, and how are you looking? Or, uh, I, I generally consider myself to be a Ryan Reynolds fan. Obviously, um, Deadpool um, being a major part of that. Um, I've never really rushed out to see any of these other things. Um, and I, I kind of showered on him a little bit, I think, of late. And not, and I wouldn't say it's oversaturation, but it's kind of like they just want to fit him into places where he shouldn't be. I think Detective Pikachu was a big part of that. He didn't, mm. That was just a complete waste of the talent, really. It stifled him. It stifled the movie. And, you know, but this looks more in line with what he should be doing. Um I'll see it. I doubt I'll see it at a theatre. Don't know if anyone's going to see it at a theatre. But, you know, I mean, this, I don't know what the budget is on this. It doesn't look, it was probably 150 million, maybe. You know, it doesn't look, it's not huge, huge. Um, Ryan Reynolds, I think, is the only name in it. Um, nobody else is particularly noteworthy that I'm aware of. Um, so it doesn't need to make that much money. They might do a Bill and Ted and put it up on demand. You know, yeah. What's the? They, like, they didn't have a release date. Yeah. This just uh, this it, it may be a very good movie, but it just doesn't come off to me as something that needs to be seen in a theater. No. Uh, so yeah, I think you're right. I think they they might just put it to VOD just to get it out there, get some revenue coming in from it. And but uh, but have you seen the move the Netflix movie with Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson, the Hitman's Bodyguard? I've seen Hitman's Bodyguard. I really enjoyed that. There's a sequel. I don't know if that came out already. I know there was going to be a sequel. I heard there was going to be one, but I've, I, if it's out already, then I'm slacking and I need to get on it, man, because I like it. Cool. I know. I think it's in the can. It might have even been a trailer. Because um, is it called the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife or something like that? And I think yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife's Brother's Cousin. Um, but Selma Hayek was great in that movie. Her yeah. her dynamic with um, Samuel Jackson was the best part of that movie. Re Reynolds was kind of interchangeable in that. Gary um, Oldman. Oldman, yeah. I'm not a big Oldman fan, really. What? what? Uh, oh, shit, dude. <laughs> he's a good actor. He's oh, fine. Dude, what? What? I mean, oh, he, hold on, man. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Oh, man. Sorry, dude. Oldman is like my favorite modern oh, actor. Man. So I heard he's that. And I was like, no. He's good. I mean, he kind of just plays different degrees of Oldman, in my opinion. Um, but to be honest, my um, my disdain of Oldman is more behind the scenes, politically related. Mm. And, and uh, again, this year has been so hard with trying to like separate the last few years separating art from artists in various ways and I don't know Altman some of the stuff that he says in interviews and behind the scenes and stuff he's kind of rubbed me the wrong way but mm. he's fine I didn't see The Darkest Hour I didn't see it so maybe that would help oh well but uh I I, I loved him in uh he, uh True Romance was one of the one of my favorite roles that he did as Drexel uh, that was great uh, you don't even it. know it's him unless you know it's him. Right. Yeah, I've not seen that one. I don't think is that the Christian Slater. Yeah, movie? it's the first. Uh, it's the first story that Quentin Tarantino yeah. saw. Yeah, I so, haven't seen it, but it's on my. I think it's on Netflix. I think, my, for a I while. think it is too. I have a VPN, so I I watch some uh, UK stuff sometimes in yeah, Japan I've, and all kinds of Canada. Wherever I can find what I want to watch, I go there. So did you use your VPN through the um the SEN? Did you get the one that they um partnered with? SEN had um that v was it VPN that sponsor a couple of months oh, back? Uh, Express VPN. Express VPN. That's yes. the one. Was that uh, where you got into that? Yeah, that's what I have. I I got it before the uh, I before the SEN was doing the the promo. Oh code. man, you, you were ahead of the curve on that. Um, kind of like Kate with the cereal, poor Kate with the um the Magic Spoon cereal. It's like, did, like, did you get it sent to you? Did you, you know, for, for this? No, I just used the code. You know, yeah, like, you could probably probably could have got a whole crate of the stuff on um on comp, but. You know, Kate went in like the rest of us as a peasant and, and got the cereal. Uh, I'm tempted. It's probably the most tempting ad um, or sponsor that they've had. I'm a big breakfast cereal guy. But I noticed that the whole part of the um, the spiel was, um, you know, was focusing on health and your recommended um, daily amount. Have you ever poured out a recommended serving of breakfast cereal? No, dude, I'm the guy when I take aspirin and it says adults take two, I take four. Like whatever yeah, it says man. on the bottle, dude, you got to double it up. <laughs> Ma'am, you might have poured out a um, recommended serving of cereal, but you wouldn't have noticed because you wouldn't be able to fucking see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? Stand there with a the fucking measuring cup and, oh, yeah, I don't have the whole thing. get out of here. <laughs> but they, um, they had the boxes on. Um, Kate had the boxes, the prop, um, and they look like it's just the full box. It's not the. I was expecting it was going to be like the individualized little, um, you know, individual serving pack. But it looks like it's just one box. But then I think, oh man, I got to order that from the states, and you know, wait three weeks for a box of cereal, and then I'm going to get through it in three of my size servings. You know, yeah, it, it, it's a gamble for me. You know. Dude, speaking of waiting on shit, I'm going to go on a short rant here real quick before we move on to a, a fan question about best movie dads. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me, uh, just give me a second. 
Okay, so I ordered the sorry, so sorry Lex shirt the day that they were available. Like right Ooh. when Christian was like, the show started, and he's like, the link is in the is in the description. I ordered my yeah, shirt, yeah. twenty seven U.S. dollars. Um, I I I I inquired to uh, to Skybound when I could expect my package because I can't find anywhere where I can track it, track my order. Yeah, I, I struggled with that with the um. The attack Peter shirt. Yeah. Well, they proceeded to tell me that they do. They asked me for email info. They asked me for this stuff. I kept giving them what they asked for. And they've, they've told me that they do not have my order on file. Yet I have sent them documentation yeah. of my PayPal sending Skybound 27 fucking dollars and on what date. And yeah. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of. I'm trying to relax, you know what I mean? But Yeah, I had the same thing with the other shirt and they couldn't there was no um tracking number available and I'm thinking, oh shit, this is a limited edition shirt. If I don't get it, it's not like I can just redo the order. Yeah, and it was quite stressful. It's one of several reasons that I've not ordered a um so sorry lecture and I would like one, but I just can't do it at the moment. Financially, you know, I mean it's Twenty four ninety nine, I think, over here. Um, I think the delivery is free, which is cool. You don't often get that international. My issue is, though, and I love the bit. It might be coming to an end, but I love the bit. I think maybe by the beginning of next week, we might have to say goodbye to Lex, or at least stop apologising to him. But um, it's literally just a black T-shirt with block white letters on it and it's such a such a deep in joke and i'm just thinking is that is that where i want to spend my money you know i'd rather i'd rather buy um a flirting flower shirt because i want my one of those the um you know the black one with the um like the crazy colored silhouette of the the hair and the head and stuff but it's such an in joke, and I just think I'm going to spend so much time explaining that to everyone I see. Right. Who's right. Lex? I mean, I don't know how it is for a lot of you guys over there, but I'm very, very unlikely to run into somebody who gets that shirt, who understands it. At least with the um, Attack Peter one, it's like an actual graphic design. You know, it's like two kooky looking cartoon characters with the logo. It just looks like a cool T-shirt without having to really explain too much. And I just, I can just see myself having to explain that whole joke. And it's not going to sound funny. They're, I might lose friends over that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, given the pro, when I ordered it, I was excited. Sure it right for you. I'm having the issues, I'm kind of where you're at. I'm like, was that really worth it? Like, yeah. at this point. A part of me wants the shirt, but a part of me just wants them to refund me my money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure you'll get it. I'm sure you'll get I it. I, got... I want the shirt, but damn it, guys. My concern um, is that they say that they don't have my order on file, but they keep my fucking money. That's yeah, where that's, that's what pissed me off. But we'll all expect the company to be on top of that shit. Yeah. But uh, but moving on past that, uh, wrapping up with Monday, at least on my notes here, uh, there was a fan question asking about best movie dads, and they was threw that some a topic from that. last week. What's that? That was your topic last week. At some point, the um, the crew discussed it, didn't they? I think. No, that was Monday. 
That was Monday, man. Time and space. Sorry, go on. No, that's right. You live in the future. I understand. <laughs> um, I, I just had a couple here. Um, one of them that I feel is uh, underrated and not thought of because of the kind of movies that they are. But I think Eugene Levy is Jim's dad in American Pie franchise. I awesome. think he was a really great fucking dad. He he really he's kind of like the crux of that whole movie, really. Um, yeah. He's like the, you know the emotional core, as well as just like just playing the role of like the straight straight man to everyone else's antics. But like everything that he says is so consequential in that movie because, I mean, everything that Jim does and fucks up is mostly because of advice from either his dad or his friends or a combination of both, and. If you thought that if that part was delivered in a different way, you'd think that he's almost like his dad was just setting the poor guy up to fail every opportunity. But you really believe that his dad is, you know, trying to give him the best advice he can. And um, poor Jimbo just kind of takes it in the wrong ways and to the extreme sometimes. But that's a good one. I wouldn't have thought of that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I just, I've always liked, uh, liked that character, Jim's dad, in those movies. Dude, he just... He was always he was supportive. He you know yeah. he loved his son. He was supportive. He understood what he was going through at times. Certain things he could relate to, and he wasn't uh, afraid to talk about pubes. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, never once had a conversation with my dad about pubes. I'm uh, not sure if that's good or not. My parents never once had the sex talk or the drug talk with no, me. Never once. I've got plenty of drug talk. No sex talk. Yeah, see, I I got nothing, dude. I like I, basically I learned from my older brothers. They're seven and nine years older than me, so I learned oh, by being young and observing them. As to that's like that's why I never snuck out when I was grounded. I stayed at yeah. home because I watched my brothers sneak out and get fucking whipped. You know, so I knew what I was like. Nah, I'll just stay at home. <laughs> I grew up as an only child, so I didn't have any um proverbial canaries in the mind to to warn me of anything so i just kind of had to wing it eugene levy would have been a an adequate um father figure for me to go off of um another unconventional father figure if you're going to ask me mine which i'm assuming you're going to do yes. that in a second um is a, not a very much seen movie it's a world's greatest dad appropriately titled it's a, one of robin williams's last few movies um maybe in the last like three or four movies that he was in um so what year would that have been 2011 around then world's greatest dad i don't want to talk about the movie too much because it kind of the whole movie kind of hangs on a couple of like unexpected plot turns um but he he's yeah, shown in 2014 2014 right um, directed by a, as a comedian, I only found this out recently, it's a famous com comedian or actor I directed it, I had no idea, and it's somebody that they bring up on SEN from time to time, it's not Gilbert Godfrey, but it's somebody like that. Bobcat Goldthwait. Bob, Bobcat Goldthwait, I knew it was somebody from um, the Celebrity Impression Dating Game, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure... Um, Somebody did Bobcat Goldthwait once or twice on that. But um, Robin Williams' son in that movie is 
the kid who was in Spy Kids, it's that dude, and he's just the most arsehole of a son you could ever imagine having. He's just one of the most unlikable human beings in the world. And Robin Williams, he's just this single father who's a he's a teacher, he's a failed writer, you know. And just how he navigates their lives, I'll leave it at that, is just really, you know, not necessarily makes the best choices, but he he tries to do right by the situations presented to him. So that'd be my pick from yeah. Yeah, I, I had one more that I wrote down. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, it, dude, Darth Vader in The Lion King is amazing. <laughs> uh, Darth Vader's a terrible dad. He, well, not in The Lion King. In the no, Lion no, King. no, it makes sense now that you finished the sentence. I just, I always say, I always, like, instead of, instead of, uh, uh, James Earl Jones, he's not the voice. It's Darth Vader is in Lion King. Like, in my mind, the actual Darth Vader is the character. He he is playing the father in, in Lion King, in my mind. <laughs> he spoke about Lion King last week, and I said that um, he just so recognizable to me as Darth Vader. But I always remember being a kid watching the Lion King thinking, Mufasa is going to turn any minute now. He's gonna, they're gonna do some big reveals. Scar's the good guy, and Mufasa's been playing this family from the beginning. And obviously, not what happened, but I digress. <laughs> but yeah, Darth Vader and Lion King, even though that movie is a complete pile of shit, he's awesome in it. So somebody's got a Photoshop Darth Vader in Lion King. I mean, we can deep fake that in there, right? Oh, I'm sweet sure, collider. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, did you have any, uh, any others? that you that you had um no no movie fathers but before we move on from monday we did have a i believe it's monday we had the conversation about cameo was it cameo? Uh, yes yes um and some of these price points i started having a little dive into this and this stuff is crazy i mean i love i love roca i really do love roca but 50 dollars is pretty fucking steep um jeff snyder's on there as well I, I saw jeff snyder he's um have a guess christian's at 15 roker's at 50 where's snyder what is Snyder charging nope. he's 15 same as christian oh all right all right I was, I was pleasantly surprised by that snyder seems like the type you know sell you his couch and overcharge you for cameo right right well uh, i my original guess would have been it, it in a different context, if you had asked me what Snyder was charging, I would have said over a hundred, probably. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing with that, though, and this will kind of lead me into my main thing: is if you get, it's it's a bit expensive, but if you got a cameo from Roca and you're asking for the Outlaw, as I mentioned earlier, he will go straight into the Outlaw mode, and you will get the Outlaw in a cameo. Same as if you ask for a nice, heartfelt happy birthday for Christian. You know, I've seen a couple of people post them and they are exactly what you would want from a nice, heartfelt message from, from Christian. If you if you get a Jeff Snyder cameo and you ask for something, I don't think that's what you're going to get. So I think the $15 is fair just on that because it's more of a mixed bag kind of situation. So maybe maybe the 50 isn't too egregious, but I do think it's, um, a little bit. Well, but then you think Mick Foley was 75, wasn't he? Mick Foley was 70, which he's 
pretty famous, but he's way fucking bigger than Roca. No offense, Roca, but far more more aware of kind and McFoley. And it's only a $25 difference, but then it's a $35 difference between Christian and Roca. So it's well out of whack, which he brings me on to. um, I've devised a little game that I've called the, the, the cameo price is right. So I'm going to name two people. And you're going to tell me which one is the more expensive cameo. And you try and guess. If you want to try and guess how much they're charging, feel free. But that's too, that's too um, particular. Right on. So I hit you with one. Ernie Hudson or Redman? Ernie Hudson charges more. <laughs> you would think so. so. Oh. Ernie Hudson is 135. Red Man is 150. I'm not big in the hip hop community, but I haven't heard of Red Man since he guested on an Offspring song. Okay. <laughs> uh, which I believe was original Prankster. Oh my gosh. So I was pretty surprised. Um, all right, number two Michael Rosenbaum or Kevin Conroy? Kevin. You'd think so. It, it, it's not going to be that difficult of a game. You're going to get the theme here. <laughs> Is um, $100 for Conroy. How much for Rosenbaum? Um, 140 145 Yeah. Wow. wow. And I like Rosenbaum. I think he's a really likeable dude, but he is. He's Lex Luthor from Smallville, and that's it. And I know that Kevin Conroy is pretty much just Batman from everything Batman. But that's Batman. Yeah. He's the definitive Batman voice. He's undercutting yeah. himself. Okay, third one. Um, Doug Bradley of Pinhead fame or Jerry from Parks and Recreation? Oh, Jerry from Parks and Recreation. 160 for Jerry and $100 for, for Pinhead. And, you know, uh, Parks and Rec is definitely much more relevant and in the um, the pop culture zeitgeist. But that's Pinhead. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's, he's got the voice. He can do the whole thing, the, the, the speech about the cube and the pain and the... Anyway, last one. Ask some, ask some millennials who Pinhead is, though. You know what I mean? A yeah, lot of no, I get it. What are you talking about? I get it. I mean, oh, yeah, a for lot us, of... for us. I mean, if I had to choose, I would rather have one from Pinhead than Jerry. No yeah. offense. But Jerry's like, the whole point of his character is he's the joke of that show. Yeah. Which I guess increases the novelty of having him over some of the others. Right. Last one. This is a big one. Carol Baskin. Or Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris. It's closer than you think. You want to have a guess at the... um. I'd say Chuck Norris on... is charging about 200 Chuck Norris is charging 300 Whoa. Want to have a guess at Carol Baskin? I'd just say 320 $299. $1 less than Chuck Norris. What? <laughs> And how long head. do these cameo things last, these clips? How long are they? I think I've never bought one. I can't afford that. I'd get a Lex t-shirt before I got any of these cameos. Um But um I I think you get like 20, 30 second like video 
clip message i mean some of them do a cheaper option where you can just get like a written message and they're generally most of those tend to be down in the 15 20s you know which if you ask me is pretty expensive for a text message but that's a different conversation Woo! yeah some big surprises <laughs> yeah yeah anyway it's that's it for um cameo prices right yeah Maybe I'll come up with some more of those. Yeah, for sure, dude. That's cool. That's cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, uh, did you have anything else from Monday? No, I think that covers it for Monday. Other than um, one small note, we talked about how Brett was quiet, quiet last week. I think Brett's been... Um, I wrote this down for Monday, but it, it applies to most of the week. I think Brett's been much more on the mark lately, this week, so far. Um. But again, that applies to the whole week, so we, we can move on. Yeah, but especially today, dude. He was on fire with a couple of things today and the Avril Lavigne and everything, dude. <laughs> I mean, even though he completely got that wrong, I mean, I was thinking, did David, did um Kurt Cobain really make an Avril Lavigne reference? That can't be right. <laughs> I think I think that... I don't think that he meant that. I think that he was giving two different examples of two different same, who have done yeah. that, but it did kind of come, if you wanted to hear it that way, it kind of came off like Kurt Cobain was making a joke based on Avril Lavigne's thing, but I don't yeah. think that's what he meant. No, uh, Avril Lavigne would I, be lucky. I will make an official statement here to you, the, the viewers. Avril Lavigne is fucking sexy. I love Avril Lavigne, and I love most of her music, too, I will admit it. But, yes, I Avril Lavigne, man, that's one good-looking French-Canadian broad, dude. Saw her live once. Yeah, really? In London, Wembley Arena in 2004 or 2005. Um, she'd just come off of her second album, so it was still like the skater phase before nice. she kind of went uber, you know, pop. and. Yeah, I don't like that. Else. I don't mind some of that stuff. I like um, some of the stuff she did a bit later was like um, kind of like a throwback to like late seventies, early eighties, like bubblegum pop punk type stuff. Um, mm. But that's a different that's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I, pretty I, sure yeah. Kurt Cobain never heard of her. I've got her first two albums, and I fucking listen. I still listen to them yeah. from time to time. So. Um, I have quite a few Britney Spears albums, but I do not listen to those anymore. Uh, I used to, though. Um, yeah, I saw too, back for the Oops, I Did It Again tour. Really fun. A uh, lot of screaming, very excited screaming little girls at that show. Uh, who would yeah. have imagined? Avril um, <laughs> as well, same thing. I felt so yeah. awkward. Yeah. Uh, at one point, I started screaming like a little girl, when the girls in front of us did and the, and them and their mom turned around and looked at me and were just laughing their asses off. I'm not I'm making just, fun. It's just contagious. Yeah. Ricky! I mean, you got to, if they're all going up an octave, you've got to go up two octaves, right? Damn right, man. The, my friend and I, she and I got tickets for ourselves to go. And then her little brother and sister found out and they were depressed because we didn't ask them to go. So then we got them tickets and we ended up taking her little brother and sister. Her little brother fell asleep in the middle of that fucking concert. Dude. Wow. That blows my mind that kids do that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, dude, what the hell is going on? I can pass out sometimes in weird times, but 
at a concert. I've had friends um, fall asleep at nightclubs. I just that's next level. I envy I've those people in a way. Before, but like I've never been at a club or a concert or anything and fallen no. asleep. No way. At, at the bar when it's closing, like you right. know, it's like, but a, a packed club in full swing, and a yeah. dude just passed out on the couch. Now I have fallen asleep during two movies uh, in my life, and uh, one was Joe's Apartment, terrible fucking movie, and another one was uh, Evolution with uh, oh wow with the guy from X Files, David Duchovny, um, yeah. Sean William Scott, and I believe Julianne Moore is in that. That's one of that's that's a that's a big hit in our house. We love Man, that movie. I fell asleep during that. And then, see, as far as Doctor Strange, I'm with Roxy on that. I hate that movie so fucking much. Okay, dude, here. when I went to see that movie in the theater, I went to see it with two of my buddies, three of my buddies, and I only went because one of my buddies paid for our tickets, okay? So I'm in this movie. I had to make the decision not to go to sleep three times during that movie. And the only reason I stayed awake was because someone else bought my ticket and I didn't want to, uh, to shit on him by sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to sleep so bad during that movie. It was terrible. I could get how it could come across as quite exposition heavy and stuff. But I think it was a pretty visually great movie. And I was a big Doctor Strange fan. So I was pumped for a Doctor Strange movie like, most of my life so i'm not really a an unbiased opinion for that one i liked it you know it's mid-level marvel but it it upper mid-level i think for me yeah hell yeah fair enough man um right yeah. let's get the tequila and move on to tuesday yeah for sure because <laughs> holy shit Dude, Winston got drunk fast. Uh, that day had Roca at the helm with Brett, Winston, Roxy was on. Hey, Ben. And RB3, who has been behind the scenes for the last couple days with some sort of tech issues. Yeah, uh, but I want to talk about he's that. He's controlling the fuck out of the show, though. I love it. Doing good. Um, can, I, can I stay on RB3 for a moment before I let yeah, you get cool. on? To the, um, so I was thinking about this, and I'll do it as, um, I think they call it a compliment sandwich. So compliment, comment, compliment. Um, first thing for RB3 is that um, I love getting his take on, you know, when he talks about like the movie industry and like in its current climate, you know, not even just COVID, but before that, he's really got his finger on and always got a good opinion on not just the movies uh, themselves, but just of the industry and behind the scenes stuff. I love hearing his take on all of that stuff. However, unrelated to that, but it's the middle part of the sandwich. I think my, Michael B. Jordan, I think he's run his course. I don't know. I'm, it's funny, but it's only so many kind of winks and shrugs that, I don't know. I, I, think, I think maybe bring Luke Skywalker back or, you know, somebody schmobot in some some other thing going into what you're saying him behind the, the board i'm disappointed to kind of not have him on camera as much because i do appreciate that it is kind of made it feel a bit more like the old collider live days i know that's not what christian wants 
But having those sounds coming, especially today, having just the sound clips and kind of just answering people with, you know, with the little effects and stuff, that was a real breath of fresh air. I really liked what he was doing there. I don't know if he was doing that because he's not on camera or if that's just a conscious decision they've made to kind of bring more of that feel back. Because I'm guessing a lot of people in the Roxy camp of, you know, we, we, we do kind of miss some of that stuff from, from Collider Live and everything. But yeah, that was it really. Um, big fan of RB3. Yeah. <laughs> the best of both worlds. Or what I was thinking, if he could do like the Cody thing and like cut to himself every now and then and do something like that. But I know it's a bit different, his role, because he's clearly, clearly very busy doing lots of stuff with the show all the time, which I'm assuming is the main reason for him kind of taking a backseat, at least visually, on the show. But what's the first um, official topic for Tuesday? Uh, we had, uh, they announced that Dune is pushed back to 2021 and Batman is pushed to 2022. Uh, I, I don't know anything about Dune, never read the books, never saw the no. movie. So, no. I mean, as much as I want to see it, I'm not as, as uh, hyped as I am for Batman. So the Batman news kind of bums me out a little bit. Yeah, and I thought October was such a cool date for that as well. I think it was due October next year, you know, getting a, a Batman movie on Halloween, you know, in spooky season would have been a nice, would have been fitting with the different aesthetic that the movie's taken. Um, I'm not sure when they pushed it back until if it's the following October. I don't think it is. I think they is it more of like a full date. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. I would... I would think if they're not if they're gonna push it like that, then maybe try to make it a summer movie. That, that's what I think they're gonna do, which I think is a detriment to. But then it, it's Batman, so it you can put Batman whenever the fuck you want. You know, that's even even some of the Marvel stuff, you kind of got to be careful with where where you put it. You know, like Guardians in August and Doctor Strange in um, October, November. Batman. He's one of the few that you could put wherever you wanted and it'll be fine. June, um, I, I don't see that movie. I didn't see that movie being a hit. I kind of see that movie going the Blade Runner 2049 route. I don't think it's going to make a lot of money. Why they keep letting Denny Villeneuve spend so much money? This goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the show with the inflation of the movie industry of the last 50 years. Why they keep giving that man so much money to make, you know, beautiful movies, but... You know, you can make a beautiful movie that's thirty million dollar movie. Yeah. You know, to stop giving him these big IPs that need to have all this um, marketing and all these extra effects and these big name actors and everything else. It, I'm, I, I, I want to see it. I don't know anything about the property, but I'm not. I'm kind of just numb to these delays, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's no trailer was great either. Matters. There's no. I mean, I mean, honestly, there's nothing at all in the movie world that matters right now. Nothing. Uh, Just everything is delayed. Everything is. You know, the only movie news that matters is when is when they tell us this movie is going to VOD on this date instead of in the theater. That's the only movie news that's worthy. Which everyone is too scared to do, and I think they. Somebody brought it up in the show as well. Like, Tenet might have done the complete opposite to what they wanted to do. They wanted to bring 
movies back in a way, but it's kind of just told all the studios, no, no, don't do this because you're not, it's not going to work. Um, Wonder Woman, was that on today? Am I going ahead? But, um, yeah, but that's fine, man. Wonder Woman, um, it's in the same um, yeah. area. And I think that makes sense. Like, you, you drop Wonder Woman around Christmas time, that will kill, I think. Yeah, sure. I think Mulan maybe could have waited till Christmas. That might have worked as well, but bygones be bygones. But what, Mulan is not close to, to Wonder Woman. Like The impact that that movie had on so many people. And I think releasing that movie in around the holidays, Thanksgiving maybe for you guys, or Christmas, whatever, um, people will pay 25, 30 to, to watch Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. June, not a chance. No, nobody, most people are probably in the same camp as you or I than, you know, say like a Riley who's really deep into the law, loves it, can't wait. Um, so, yeah, numb, numb to the pain of the delays. Yeah. 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 Speaking of the the Wonder Woman possibly going to uh, to video on demand, uh, do you think this is going to? We, we, we kind of talked about this with theaters. What do you think the chances are that theaters completely go away eventually within the next few years, and all we have are streaming services putting their movies out on demand? Do you think, think that's a possibility? I think that's a definite possibility. Um, the thing is, like I said earlier, if you I think the studios are going to have to just take a hit. They've spent the money on these movies now. They've spent the money on a business model that is now irrelevant. You know, it's within the last six months, that business model just gone. It's an, it's going to be a new version of that moving forward, regardless of whether it's studio-owned theatres or BOD. And all these movies that have been made for $300 million are, are probably just going to have to take a hit Regardless, I think we're just going to have to accept that they're not going to make the money they thought they were going to make. And I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I think Warner Bros. and Disney can lose $300 million and not notice where it went. Yeah. You know? And maybe, you know, maybe it's a good lesson and maybe we, we kind of trim back on the cost of these movies and the VOD becomes the new model. It's either that or they buy the theatres outright and then carry on making movies as they have to, you know, the big massive budgets with the big massive movies to to, to get the um the revenue back on what they buy these theaters out for. But then they might be able to get these theaters for, a, you know, pocket change at this point because they're just so desperate. Um, and the reason that they didn't want to release or supposedly didn't want to release a lot of movies VOD was because it was out of loyalty to the um theater supposedly i'm doing that a lot today um i'm not this movie will come out um so yeah wait and see i mean you know it sucks that people lose jobs and lose money i'm not and i'm not the one who thought spending 300 million dollars on you know Amazon's punching each other, whatever it is they're doing, you know, I'm not dismissing superhero movies, but let's call it what it is, you know, it's an expensive lesson to be learned. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, you got uh, a on that. 
What's that? You, you, have you got any more thoughts on that, or is that basically where you're at? Yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Um, you know, I, I, I earlier when I was writing down that particular note about the VOD uh, and, and taking over the theaters completely, and my original thought was like, well, like, uh, like what happened with music, how CDs and physical media is become somewhat obsolete. Everything is purchased online. But then I was like, well, yeah. I can't look at it like that because the equivalent to music would be concerts. So live concerts is the same yeah. Movie in the theater. So then I was like, okay, well, you know, live concerts are not going to go away uh, for sure. Um, but it's then again, there is a difference, but there's a huge difference, I think, between having a shared movie experience and a shared musical yeah. experience. Like, and a also, a concert is much less like low risk, kind of low investment compared yeah. to a movie. I mean, a concert, you kind of you plan a tour, you do the tour, and that's fine. You know, these movies are taking like half a decade to make sometimes, you know, two, three, four, five years if you're James Cameron, you know, <laughs> four years and, you know, $300 million, you know, that's so different from just a, like a one and done kind of concert or whatever. Yeah. So, but I don't know if we're going to get those back either anytime yeah. soon. I mean, how many of these venues can afford to have all the, the boxes and, all this kind of stuff, then they're not going to be able to get as much money back because they've had to pump more money into it to bring it up to standard, but then they can only have half as many people in. So it just doesn't seem viable to do that either. And I was getting a little bit off topic, but... No, it, it, all, it, it all kind of ties in together. It all ties in. The world is falling apart before our eyes. That's yeah. how it ties in. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. falling apart before your eyes, about Winston and that tequila. Yes. Yes. Um, I kind of had mixed feelings on that. Um, I, I, I did in the moment too, but now that I don't kind of have any feelings on it. But in the moment, I kind of did. But what, what were your mixed feelings? So, you know, it was a slow day. Um, I was, it's one of my notes here, actually. So I was really enjoying the conversation today. And for the, the first hour, I was loving it. And then I realized that um, not a lot of, no, yesterday, sorry. Sorry, I watched you, I watched yesterday's today as well. So, um, but I was enjoying, like, really enjoying the first hour. They they deep dived on um on that trailer that they talked about the um the Jessica Chastain movie. They they really went deep on that, like in in ways that they haven't really talked about any news topics for a while now. I kind of spoke about that last week, and then I realised when Roker brought it up, it's because there's not been any Schmobots, and then Roker always comes really hard with the give us your money, and I get it, I get it, and then Winston kind of had the solution to, well, I've got an idea, and we've seen Ellis do it before with the cause lights, the cause lights, no tequila, and all of a sudden, we're blowing up with Schmobots, and then you've got Roker telling Winston stop he kind of went into parent mode. Yeah, oh yeah, really, like, you are done. <laughs> there was like, uh, there was like 30 seconds there where he was saying you are done i'm like is this gonna get like is somebody gonna have to get manhandled like i was really thought that was gonna go like a bad turn for the for the conversation um but it didn't it was fine but then you you can't you can't pull that trick um you know 
you can't do another I'll I'll do a shot of tequila for every schmobot. And kind of to relate to like how we're talking about the movie industry, if the model of the show is built on schmobots, you're kind of going to have to assume that there will be times where they're not going to come in. And I don't know. And then having Roka kind of count down what they're earning or what's coming in while they're doing the show kind of just didn't feel like great content to me. You know, today he did that too with 15 minutes. Like, you know, come on, guys, we need a hundred and something dollars in 15 minutes. And And I I get encouraging people, but I don't know, like, it feels like he's pulling the curtain back a little bit too much with like releasing the numbers and talking too much about that kind of stuff. It just feels a little bit unsavory. And it wasn't Roku who told um, Winston to start drinking for money or anything like that. But he he pushed it one way, then somebody else tried to push it, you know, and, and help it, and it, it almost could have got quite out of hand. Um, so I don't know. Uh, they maybe got to rethink the show, have smaller crews, one or once or twice a week. If it means, you know, then they can have that leeway of it's not so imperative that we get this big five hundred every show. And I think in turn would allow for like, you know, better conversations and maybe would in turn bring the Schmobots back in. So I don't know. I kind of had a bit of conflicting emotions on that. And another thing is sometimes when the Schmobots come in, they're in the middle of a deep conversation and they stop, they listen to the Schmobot and they do not react to it whatsoever. And they just keep going. And that, that to me would be discouraging if I'm spending exactly. twenty plus dollars on a schmobot and you don't even acknowledge it or or even give me yeah. two or three thoughts on it, you know, I mean, that's why people are making com- they're not they're not making comments just so that it's like now everybody knows what I think. They're making comments because they expect the crew to follow up on their comment, especially when they're paying yeah. to make that comment. Yeah, sometimes, but I mean, you know, not every schmobot deserves a um you know true and even even if some of them don't even deserve acknowledging there was one guy talking about his drink driving i'm like dude don't share that we don't that kind of just made me uncomfortable yeah that was i was just yeah i mean dude whatever people make your own decisions in life but like that was kind of something that to me personally I would be embarrassed if people knew something like that about me. Yeah. I would not be blowing it up like it's something funny and then send in I'm another a- one and be like, I work two or three jobs and make banks, so fuck the court. So you know? I can drink and drive. Yeah. yeah to be I, honest, yeah. I would I would have probably if I if it was, was me, I probably day. I would have filtered out that Schmobot, to be honest. I didn't think that was particularly a good look for that particular person or the show, you know by proxy um i would have maybe have left that one out but the dude paid his 20 dollars, and you know whatever keeps him out of the car and off the bottle if the schmobot helps then maybe it does i don't know well but, maybe he was drunk and driving at the time while he was yeah. putting in the schmobot on his phone oh, that's even <laughs> don't drink and drive drink and schmobot yeah 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 so just i don't know <laughs> yep 
and on that note, guys, we're going to take a quick promo break. And then we do have one more thing I'm going to bring up that is Schmodown related from Tuesday, a comment that Ro Roka made. That's, yes. how we will do, uh, that's how we will start the second half of this show with today uh, or before we get into today. So let's take a quick promo break for some other shows from Merc with the Movie blog. And we'll be right back. Hey everybody, I'm Sean. You guys might know me on this feed from co-hosts and beyond the screen, but now here at Rook with the Movie Blog, we have started a brand new show exclusively for video games called Game Over Screen. So join me every week with my co-hosts. Hey, how's it going? My name's Brendan. And I'm Tyler. As we talk about everything video game related and when we, I guess, get to the Game Over Screen. I don't know. I don't have a good pun for that, but the joke is that we're going to die a lot in the game. <laughs> well, you might. Hey there, Schmodown fans, this is Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talkin' Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shirewolf, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, mischief managed. Hey, and we're back, everybody. Uh, be sure to check out those shows, Merc with the Movie Blog. Uh, you can find them on your Merc with the Movie Blog feed on your past podcasting networks, uh, as well as Merc with the Movie Blog YouTube channel. Um, this show obviously has its own channel. Um, next week, I will have an updated promo break in there. Talking Schmodown is on an indefinite hiatus, although Josh, uh, he did make an announcement on his last episode of that that he will be doing some watching Schmodowns from time to time, some watch-alongs with some matches, and I'm hoping to jump on those with them and we can get our whiteboards out and play each other and whatnot. Um, and also, go get that Rose promo was not in there this week. I dropped the ball on this one, guys. My bad, uh, but updated next week. But uh, go get that Rose. Uh, starts tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time live on the Merc with a Movie blog channel on YouTube. Uh, Sarah and I are back uh, to discuss the upcoming season of Bachelorette. Uh, Claire Crawley, her season starts next week. Uh, she had a she had a twelve. Okay, guys, she only shot her season for twelve days because I guess the word is after twelve days she had already fallen in love with someone and quit the show. So this is going to be an absolutely insane season and short season of Bachelorette. And then to kind of make it extended out, I guess, they ended up getting Tasha from uh, last season of Bachelor in Paradise, who will be the next Bachelorette. And they're going to do that season two to kind of give us a, give us more Bachelorette than what we ended up getting. But uh, we're going to do a little uh, uh, season preview 
find out a little bit more about Claire and her men on her episode or uh, on her season. And again, that starts tonight on the Merc with the Movie blog YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Sarah and I will be going live. Join us for that, please. Um, and oh, real quick, I, I to put this on Twitter. I'll do it for you. I don't know if you heard it, but I I took our theme song for Go Get That Rose and I made I took Kate's bit with from the dick pills and coffee and I've made an an unofficial uh, dick pills and coffee bit here. So I'm going to go ahead and do that for you guys live. Uh, here we go. They're total cocks, man. Wrong one. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. The A it fits. I like. All right, here, let me do it one more time, guys. This is good. Trust me, it's good shit. And we're back. So good to see you. Good morning. Welcome back to Dick Pills and Coffee. I'm Kate Mulligan, and I'm going to suck you off and keep you awake. <laughs> yep, yep. That, that's what I do when I'm not recording anything and I'm bored. I sit back here with my soundboard, and I just mix stuff together and just dick off and make myself laugh. Um but yeah, I had to do that. I posted that on Twitter. Uh, made a little, made a little thing for it. Dick pills and coffee with. Uh, yeah, Kate. if you're gonna fall in love, you're gonna need dick pills and coffee. Damn right. And uh, any other genitalia that you wish to have. I need Remember. some. I need some. Some. Uh, some ladies to swipe right on my Tinder profile so that I have a reason to use the dick pills. Uh, I don't he like. Also got his own his own soundboard as well, guys. Come on, that's a, a hot ticket right there. Fox man. It's almost I like he's bringing that. Brett into the relationship I, as well. It's like he's really here. I love that bit so much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, one last thing from Tuesday. I wanted to bring up some schmodown something here. Well, Roka just made a comment. Roka was a little bit late coming into the to the show. He had some issues. Uh, the show was a little bit late on Tuesday, which was not Roka's fault, as Roxy pointed out. Um, the, it, it turns out they had, a, I guess they had a little meeting, a short meeting with uh, with the boss man, Christian, or something. And Roka just made a comment. What's that? It's it's weird, right? Like that they yeah. It was so important that they had to have this meeting right as SCM was starting. Like, what schmodown thing could that be? Go on, sorry, I don't need to interrupt. I don't know, but Roka did make the comment that uh um there's a lot of stuff coming in season eight were his exact words. And my very first thought was, well, we know that it's not the rule book. Uh, so at least we know what it's not coming for season yeah. eight, uh, which really I, I'm not going to get super into this. Believe me, there will be a time uh, I'm still putting trying to put together my Schmodown show, uh, but there will be a time where I am good. Dude, I am never going to let this go. There are no professional sports. Well, not even professional, but the, the, the Schmodown competitors are paid. So they are professional athletes in a way. But the point is, there are no professional, if anything, because they're doing it for the love of the sport. Yeah. But, go on. Uh, but there are no sports out there who flat out refuse to allow their fans to know the rules. And I mean, I love you, Christian. I respect you. I respect everything you do. I enjoy the Schmodown. But I think that's straight up bullshit. Uh, 
But yeah, I don't I don't get it, man. It just there there is no there is no legit reason why that would be the case. And I've heard a reason, but I'm I'm calling bullshit on it. So my thought on this, I've thought about this a lot and had a couple of conversations here and there with people about this. But I feel like it's a slippery slope if you put the rule book out, make it public, and now all of a sudden any time there's a controversial call every devoted fan is going to be combing through that rule book to try and find small print that supports how they think that call should have been made. And I think it could just lead to some really, you know, it's hard enough now if there's a controversial call and then they say, well, you know, this is kind of the precedent and this, that and the other. But then if the fans have the official textbook in front of them that says the rules and they feel like those rules haven't been fully adhered to in their mind, then it's just going to create friction. That's how I see it. And I think you're going to have everyone interpreting those same rules in different ways and it's going to cause arguments. I think they should release a version of the rules, but I think some stuff maybe should be kept. There should be maybe two versions so they can keep some stuff to the chest still so that it's not all out on the table because then everyone's going to think, oh, well, I've read the rule book. I know just as much as they do about how this should be dealt with, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, like I said, all other sports are like that too. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, we have access to all the rules of baseball, football, soccer. Dude, I've got a list of over 30 professional sports, and I have a link to every one of their official rule books. So, yeah. you know, it, it, and now in my mind, in my mind, a rule is a rule. So, like, if it says in the rule book, this is what the rule is, then I don't care how people interpret it because it's stated this is the rule. So, yeah. if if the rules, so the rules are either followed if they're not, or they're not. And if and if they don't want fans to criticize and nitpick, then they should focus on making the correct decisions and being consistent about it. To yeah. me, that's the fix. To me. Not giving us the playbook comes off to me like I don't want to deal with the shit. I don't want people to, you know, the less people know, the less they can bitch when we get things wrong is how I see it. That's yeah. how it comes off to me. I get, I get how it can kind of look a little bit um, wishy-washy. I just think they, they could potentially put themselves into a corner if it's one of these really, like, obscure kind of calls or situations or answers that comes up where it's like, you can make an argument either way. And then if you've got half the fans interpreting those written rules this way and the other that way, uh, I just think it create and especially when we've got such um, direct access to the competitors, you know, you're going to get some guy who thinks he's, you know, the master of the rules because he's read the book a million times and then he's tweeting at competitors, you broke this fucking rule. You, that shouldn't have happened. It rule says otherwise. I don't know. I think it could breed more toxicity than it would dispel. But I see both sides of this. It, it, yeah. I think maybe the league gets bigger or maybe, you know, if there's less accessibility or communication between the fans. Because, you know, it's not the same if it's like a bad thing in baseball happens or in basketball. You could tweet all you want. It's it's kind of just going into the wilderness at that point. It's not really, it's such a big organization that it's kind of water off a duck's back. Where I think, because the, 
you know, it's still relatively small, you know, more intimate in that way that I uh, say so it could reduce some excess toxicity, but I, I see your point as well. Everyone else, I think, I don't really follow sports. I'm assuming that they do all have rules, so... And, and, and you, can find their rules. you can find their complete rule books online. It's very simple to find them. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's the drama aspect as well that kind of makes that unique. Because if somebody's breaking rules is like part of like kayfabe or if it's part of like, you know, I, I think that just adds a, an X factor, you know, and that you can't really use the wrestling analogy because it's um, decided beforehand so it's not you know if a rule break does happen there it is again um in wrestling it's probably in the script right so, right i think it having too many rules out there could kind of interfere with the um the, the drama and the entertainment side of it maybe well yeah but are you willing to sacrifice the the players and managers career stats just for entertainment and to make things shake things up a little bit, because that's what, that's how I look at. It. I look at the competitors yeah. more than the managers. I look at the competitors and we know how much time and effort they put into to training. And I mean, it takes up a lot of time from their lives, it, the, the emotion they put into it. And a lot of them yeah. are like Roka. They're doing this to build careers, to build a yeah. career stats and stuff like that. And cool. so, I mean, in my mind, you're sacrificing and shitting on those competitors and yeah. their ultimate stats. Just what? So that we can have people complain and argue over. I mean, and another thing for me is the, you know, well, let, okay, if you aren't going to release a rule book, that's a, okay. But let's at least, let's at least consistently enforce the rules that we do currently uh, know of that we are aware of like because they're what I'm concerned with more shows. they're not yeah. consistent on that they're not consistent on countdowns when people ask for repeats and I've got vi I've got audio clips of this this is not me like you know Christian I have audio clips where you can hear this stuff and and so yeah. there is a lack of consistency in in enforcing the rules that they've yeah. allowed us to know so then if that's the case, how do we know that there are rules that we don't know of that are never being enforced? Yeah, if that could still be the case, if they was a book, they could still be. They could release a, a set of rules, and they could they could present it as complete and still withhold certain minutia. You know, if just in case. I mean, here's the thing: if if you're Roka or any competitor, and you play a game to the rules as they are in the book, as everyone understands them, just to you understand them, and everyone in the, the Schmodown production team agrees that that competitor is played to the rules, and then you get a group of fans that come up and say, well, hang on, what about this? And they start picking it apart. You know, I, I just think that's a real dicey situation. I mean, it's definitely yeah. a debate that's not going to end, and it's a no. debate that has valid points on both. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, well, I, I just 
listen, I just tried to be diplomatic. I'm just going to, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm about to go asshole mode, but I'm not really being an asshole, but it's going to come off that way. Um, I just went the diplomatic route with you. And I said, I under, you know, there are good sides to both that, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't lie like that because I really don't think that. Um, I mean, I respect your opinion and I see where you're coming from. But for me to say that that in my mind that there are good arguments on both sides, I don't agree with that. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. I still, I'm just, I'm so set in my ways on this one. Yeah, uh, I don't have like a physical example to give to you because you know the situation's not come up yet. But they like it's all hypothetical. There could be a situation where the rule book could hurt the showdown instead of you know getting everyone it could divide people instead of getting everyone on the same path i'm not saying it's more likely to just set the standard and we move on from there and everything's fine but i think maybe they're just hesitant to put it out there just in case you know and it's still in a very early stage so you, you and you never know what kind of, and i know that other sports have introduced other rules later and you know You know, so it's not necessarily set in stone. They could just release it and then update it if need be. But then what happens to those matches in between where they've said, right, now we've changed it now and then does that affect records before? And I don't know. It, it also depends, like, you seem to obviously be heavy onto the sports aspect, so I'm probably more on the entertainment side. And I think, you know, everyone's going to have different yeah, kind of, relationships to the different aspects of that which would inform their opinions but i'm more concerned with what is the news it, it's, it's got to be something good right yeah um, the only thing i can think of is maybe it's a studio that they've worked out and maybe there's a you know there's a new system coming in regarding how they're going to be shooting and producing the the stuff it's the only thing that I could think of, really. Like, why would he need, you know, it? What? How? How important could it be that? I mean, not that SCN's like super important, but you know, the show starts at a certain time, and Christian wouldn't call everyone in for a meeting at ten o'clock in the morning when the show starts, or you know, nine o'clock, nine forty-five, whatever it was, for anything unless it was going to have like pretty instant ramifications on how things are managed and the only thing that i can think of that fits that is maybe is um some kind of studio situation i don't know you got any other theories um i don't the only thing i could think of was something it could have been something as minor as it could have been something so insignificant that it will never yeah. affect the schmodown but it was a matter of um of a deadline, like say Christian had a deadline mm -hmm. to get back with Skybound about yeah. something, so he had to call everybody in real quick to discuss it. Maybe um, it could be um, maybe something like to do with like I think it it came up in passing in one of the um, SENs this week about um, competitors don't have like contracts or anything like it's not quite it's not quite that level of right. Um, so maybe it's something to do with maybe. Christian and Skybound are working something out where it's, you know, and that's why Roker had to, to go in. Maybe it's like, right, we've worked out a system where you, you sign these contracts, you get, you know, X amount of salary perks or, you know, it might be something in that vein. Um, 
but who knows? Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> finding out. So I'm intrigued. Hopefully, you know, we we hear sooner than later. Also, really excited to um, is it next week the Kevin Smith um, yes, I, so. I want to see who Kevin Smith's playing. He's he's back. Presumably, it'll be another. Or say oh, another I, I, I believe they're replaying the Jericho Kevin Smith match at the NYCC. Yes, they are. Yeah, but I, I think the way he said it was that there's going to be another match that Kevin Smith is going to be. Oh, in. I thought he was talking about his one-on-one uh, -on -one interview with Kevin Smith. No, he said he said that during the one-on-one -on -one interview that they were going to announce Kevin oh, Smith's really? next match. Yeah, oh, man, I missed so, that. Yeah, they definitely said that they were going to announce his next match, which I assume wouldn't just be a replay of the um, the other one. I mean, yeah. Is it Klaus? I noticed, actually, I was going to bring this up, but it seemed insignificant. But now it seems like it might not be insignificant. But I noticed that Sheridan had shaved the sides down and the, the, um, the mohawk was more prominent than it had been in a while. So yeah. maybe he's getting ready to go back into Klaus mode and, and we're going to get... Um, Blouse versus Kevin Smith on the undercard for um, Shazam and Corruption or something like that. Maybe. Well, that maybe cool. uh, maybe that might be a good time to introduce Doug Benson, the stoner comedian. Yeah. Also have him and Zaflirt and Flouse might be a... Because, I mean, I, I would imagine when you sign three celebrities to this league, uh, I would imagine you want to give all three of them a match before you double up matches on one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would think that it would maybe m be more possible to have Benson in a match over Kevin Smith in another match just yet, just yeah. to get all three of the celebrities cycled into the into the, the league. I love how we just kind of just it just goes without saying that the flirting flowers is is one of the celebrity matches. It is just all intents and purposes a different person at this point. And because like we haven't seen him for so long, he's kind of just become mythological in that way. But to your point, maybe your flirting flowers versus um, Doug Benson and then the winner of that plays Kevin Smith in an in in a match after that at some point, maybe at the next um whatever the next throwdown would be after Shazam versus Corruption. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's going to be another one between that one and. Do we know when we're getting that match? Is it the end of this month? I, I'm not. I, I will. I've taken. I went on vacation uh, a couple three weeks ago. I went on holiday down to Kentucky. Uh, my uncle's got a cabin down there. It was great by myself. Uh, no cell phone service. No internet. No TV. Nothing for like five days. It was amazing. But uh, and that that was the week that the singles tournament started. Uh, that was also the week that I asked Christian if he was going to release the rule book on Twitter, and he said probably not. And it kind of. I'll admit. My fucking thong went up my ass crack, and I've been and it's been stuck up there ever since. And I've, I've kind of I've not been keeping up on Schmodown the last three weeks. I will admit. I now when we get to the final the final round of the of the singles, like the final two sides of the brackets, then I will get back into it. But I just yeah. I'm very, dude. I I know I know I'm very well aware of how I come off. I know for a fact. I've heard. Okay, I've heard. I've had people tell me that, and they've not named names, and I don't care who, and I don't care that people think this, but I have been told from, from like, say, person A, 
that there are people B, C, and D who think I'm an asshole when they listen to me talk about Schmodown and stuff like that. So I'm very well aware of the fact that I come off like an asshole to some people. I'm I, I'm sure Christian thinks I'm a dick. Uh, saying anything yeah. that's completely unnecessary, and you're not, you know. Well, I mean, I have in the. I'm I I am very critical of it, dude. I really am. Yeah, and, but it it's comes because from a I'm such a passionate fan of it, and that yeah. that's my point. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to break it down or tear it down or shit on right. any people. I love it. Like I love yeah. baseball and I tear the fucking shit out of my favorite baseball. Yeah. I think um, they know that. I think Christian is well aware of that. They want, you know, they want it to be seen as a sport, which I completely see it as. And I think most people do at this point. Um, and you can't have, you can't have it be a sport without having some crazy fucking sports fans. I'm right. not one of them. I come at it, you know, like I'm the dude who, like jumps up in the air when the Hulk catches Iron Man in Avengers. So I, I kind of have those reactions to the Schmodown, which is the closest thing to like, you know, my dad used to scream at the, um, the football, the soccer on TV. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, like my, my dad used to scream and shout and still does, you know, and I just never understood that. Like I loved my, my video games and my cartoons and stuff, but I never felt that way about it. And never felt that way about anything, really, even the stuff that I love until, you know, Schmodown. So I get it. And I think that they get that. And I think they would rather people be passionate than not not give a shit, you know. Yeah. And I'm I think passionate, that's for yeah. sure. And I Dude, think even if you're coming off like a dick. <laughs> yeah. So you, you might cut, even if you come off like a dick, there are some people that, you know, on the internet come off. If there's a worse thing than being a dick, you know. And there are worse things. There are some. There are some pretty shitty people out there who literally just want to shout their opinion over everyone else. And you know, you, you backed up everything that you said to me. So, yeah, yeah I just, it's not unreasonable, or overzealous. I've come to realize what my role is, and I know what my role is in the Schmodown community as far as the content that I make for it. And my role, asshole. Exactly, <laughs> uh, yeah, my role is the guy who is not going to, and I, now, and, and this is another reason why I come off like a dick, because the way I've, uh, that I word things with, yeah. now, I'm about to say something in a certain way, and I don't mean anything rude by it, but I, I'm not the guy who's going to kiss people's asses and praise them and, and only point out the good things I like about things. Yeah. I will praise people when it's due. I will point out the great things, and I will point out the things I love, but I'm also, I'm also going to be honest about how I feel. And if that means that some of the competitors maybe don't like what I think or what I say, mm -hmm. uh, and it causes them to not want to do the show in the future, if that means that people from the fan community think I'm an asshole or whatever, or I'm harsh, dude, I understand. And that's cool. That's fine. I, I understand. But yeah. my role is that guy who's going to come in here and whether you like it or not, I'm going to tell you how I feel. Some of it will be my opinions, but I'm not, but I'm going to bring you facts too. I'm yeah. going to bring like, you know, there's wrong and there's right. And then there's my thoughts and feelings and I'm going to bring it all. But yeah. I just, uh, I, I don't have any issues with any other, uh, creators, content creators in the Schmodown community whatsoever. I, uh, I enjoy their content. I watch a lot of it. Um, but I just, 
I don't feel that the schmodown is being uh, – I don't feel that it's being run like a sport as far as the lack of consistency with, with rules and decision-makings. Yeah. I don't think it's being talked about like a sport. Um, now, I understand if, if all you – if all you, I just, I don't hear very much criticism about the Schmodown out there. And and what I do hear of, it, it's from people who are just pieces of shit, who are shitting on women and, and, and just being yeah. rude, like on a personal hateful level. Yeah. There's no uh, like middle ground. I don't care what they say, right. but you know, my role in the community is I'm going to be that guy that I'm just going to say it, man. And I don't care how it comes off. I'm just going to tell you. I don't yeah. think it's going right. And I, I think, like, Christian brings up the, the sports entertainment a lot, you know, like the wrestling sports entertainment. Yeah. They are there on the entertainment. But I don't think it is quite yet a sport because of the no. lack of consistency. In I, yeah. The they still got to find their feet. And, you know, some people yeah. are still – even some of the competitors are only, like, this year finally, like, really wrapping their heads around the ratio of the sports the entertainment and all the – stuff that gets wrapped up in that yeah. and you know i think maybe the um you know like something like wrestling is i don't want to disservice the physical stuff that goes into that but i would say it's probably like 70 percent um entertainment 30 percent sport and i think the schmodown is much more complex in the in the levels than that because it can you know fluctuate some matches are more sport oriented some are more entertainment oriented so then the opinions and the way that things are handled i think are going to be a little bit shaky um but we'll see yeah well mm -hmm. that announcement what's next i love discussions about schmodown and i'll be honest with you you are one the of, show. Uh, <laughs> you're one of the few people who don't agree with everything I think about the Schmodown. And I really, really enjoyed talking to you about that because of that reason. Because, yeah. dude, imagine if everyone thought the same things and agreed on everything. It would be fucking boring. So yeah. I, I love having somebody that I can talk to about Schmodown now who, who doesn't agree. You know, we have different viewpoints, dude. I love it. I love it. Yeah, nobody wants to hear, I like Schmodown. I like Schmodown too. Hmm. Yeah. That's not. That's, you know, which, you know, which is kind of like what you're saying about like the fans and the, you know, you, you need that as much as you want it to be like non-toxic environment. You need that certain level of conflict, you know, both within the the community and, and on the screen as well, you know, because it shows that you're doing something right if it's polarizing and you've got people who are passionate on both ends of the spectrum as opposed to everyone kind of just shuffling along in an orderly line in the middle there. Yep. Yep. But anyway, I'm, we got really uh, on to Schmodown down there. I love it, man. I love that. I can't right. really start talking about Schmodown down again. Uh, again, I'm, I'm putting together a sideshow for that just to talk about Schmodown. down, but yeah. uh, moving yeah. on here with Wednesday, uh, we talked about the wonder woman 84 going to video on demand and all, and all that. Um, and, and this is one for you. It, my ears perked up when uh, when this one came up today because you're the Spider-Man guy. We talked about oh, this Spider-Man stuff again, yeah. And yeah. I said, didn't I? I said, if we start hearing these other castings, um, I don't know if I buy these castings or these rumors. They are very heavily rumory sounding. It almost sounds to me like 
the these news sites got wind of the um the Jamie Fox Electro thing and now everyone's just throwing out all these other rumors for clickbait because everyone seems to think that we're doing multiverse, spider-verse, so you could just throw out Dandy Hahn in talks or Mary um Kirsten Dunst possibly being eyed. I I don't well, I'm not buying too much into it. See, if they're going to bring anybody back, I would love to see Willem Dafoe come back as Green Goblin, dude. It's that would be amazing. Bad. It seems like all the people that the names they're getting thrown around, like the least popular names in the franchise, Kirsten Dunst kind of, you know, got a lot of not my Mary Jane nonsense. Electro we talked about at length last week. No, people didn't really like him. Most people seem to hate the um, Dane DeHaan Green Goblin. I actually really like his Green Goblin. I just think the movie sucked. Um, so if they were trying to get people excited and these were actually legit um, stories, surely we, we would be hearing Willem Dafoe, you know, Alfred Molina, um, even who was the lizard, you know, Reese Ethan's from The Amazing Spider-Man, you know, there's so many other characters, of actors that are more popular in that franchise. I, I'm taking this with a massive grain of salt, um, but I'm I'm interested. I just don't want everyone to be bringing out multiverse comic book movies, you know, it, it, which seems like we're going to kind of get bombarded with because everyone's done the big crossovers. Now everyone wants to do a big multiverse thing, so we're going to have, you know, we've got Spider Verse and we're getting um. What's the DC one that they're doing it Flash Flashpoint, um, and you know DC are kind of going all in on that that multiverse thing, which works for them. That's been their bread and butter for years, um, and I'd be okay with Spider Man doing it, maybe if it you know it just wasn't everyone else doing it. And like they were saying on the show as well, um, we had um Ben and Winston get pretty heated on this. Um, the whole MCU Spider-Man. We haven't really got him. I don't think he's earned that Spider-Verse yet. I think you can do it as a one-off or, you know, as an animated movie. I think that's different. But I think for your live-action teenage 16, 17-year-old Peter Parker to jump into a multiverse Spider-Man story in the third movie when both those first two movies haven't really been about Spider-Man just seems well over the top. But you know, Crossfire, he, he's not done generally too badly for the most part. And if he's got a heavy hand in this, and like um, they also said on the show, I can't remember who said it, but maybe that is why Rainey's on Doctor Strange too. Mm. Maybe they needed him as a creative force just with Marvel in general, you know, and they can kind of like get his input on some of that other Spider-Man stuff as well. And maybe it's all a perfect plan coming together, which it's generally the case, I think, with Marvel. It, it, I've doubted them sometimes before, and I, I thought doing um, I thought the whole hulking Thor um, Ragnarok. I thought that was the stupidest idea I'd ever heard, and that worked out pretty good. So I try and take a wait and see. Unfortunately, in this day and age, it's more wait than it is see. <laughs> Let me ask you if you know this. Um, I'm not sure. I I may have heard it somewhere, but uh, is Taika Waititi directing the new uh, Thor Love and Thunder movie, or is that someone yeah. else? No, it's it, it's 
it's um Taika, he's been confirmed unless you know, unless the project changes. Um, but he, he was the one who came out on stage at um Comic Con last year and, and come and then announced Natalie Portman coming back in. So and he he's he, um the one who um has written the script. So unless something changes, like there's an Edgar Wright situation or something like that, it seems to be that he's directing it and it seems to be that you know, it was his idea to to do this version that they're apparently doing anyway. So mm. I'd be pretty shocked to, to see him come off of it. But then, you know, he, he he's a hot ticket right now. Everyone wants a piece of Taika. Um, yeah, give me a piece of that ass. No, um, yeah. he, he is great, dude. I, <laughs> he's great, man. Um, I uh, The first time I saw Ragnarok, I did not like it. Um, I didn't like the humor. I didn't, I just, and I just didn't like it. But then the second time I watched it, I, I liked it. And I've seen it about a half dozen times and it's one of my favorite MCU movies now. Yeah. And Taika's great. I mean, uh, you know, um, what we do in the shadows, uh, I've seen my top like 20 so, movies all time. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Jojo rabbit was my top movie of last year on my top 10 list. I still uh, haven't seen that. Um, oh, dude, I highly recommend it. Jojo Rabbit's such a great movie. I think I had one thing spoiled for me as well, which um, kind of, you know, hindered my mm. eagerness to watch it a little bit. I'm not sure if what I heard was correct, but I think it was. Um, it, it, it was true. He plays Hitler in it. <laughs> <laughs> he really did that, huh? Yeah, he really did, man. He really did. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great movie. Um, yeah. I I'd recommend you check it out, man. Uh, uh, of course, yeah, you know yeah, I, I don't I don't know uh, what your interests are and 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 stuff like that. How you feel about things, but uh, yeah, I yeah. highly recommend it. It definitely took me by surprise. Yeah, uh, well, I love satire. Um, big fan of all the type of stuff that I've seen. You know, I'm, I'm big into like these weird kooky stories you know like Wes Anderson and stuff like that and yeah. this does seem like it's very much in my wheelhouse I just didn't get around to it again I've got our theatre has two screens and there's there would have to be a really slow slew of movies for them to to put Jojo Rabbit on you know it's always just it's usually whatever animated film is out and then whatever Marvel or DC or Star Wars movies out, and that's generally all we have. So, and then with the um, the lot of the VOD stuff, we don't always have the same platforms and the same access to everything that you guys do. Like we don't even have Hulu or HBO or um, you know, a bunch of other ones. We get Netflix, we get Amazon, and uh, that's pretty much it. Like. I mean, you can obviously go through VPNs and do all this other stuff, but well, I have a buddy in the UK there uh, up near Newcastle. He tried to get Hulu, like he used his VPN, tried to get Hulu, and they stopped him because his credit card and his payment information was out of country, and yeah, I, that see. shocked me. I was like, "What?" Yeah, probably because he was trying to sign up for the account through the VPN. I think if you've already got like a Netflix or an Amazon and then you've just changed the VPN, it probably 
Well, yeah, but you, like you said, you guys don't even have Hulu at all. No. So I, mean, I, I think was that bummed was with, um, I was bummed with um, HBO Max. Um, oh, no, oh, the DC online. I really wanted the DC online. We had to wait like six months for, for, for Disney Plus. Oh, you know? yeah, that's right. And that was, that was pretty shitty. Like, especially a company as large as Disney, they could have put a few extra dollars in it and made that happen as a worldwide release. I think they were probably just treading carefully. They didn't want to like their service to die on the first day or whatever, which it probably would have done if they'd gone international. But I think they could have, they could have made that happen if they really wanted to. Yeah, and, and that's tough to make everybody wait for Mandalorian for that long. It's for a Star Wars project to make to make such a large percentage of the world, you know, it wasn't just us, it was Europe and Australia and a lot of other places, you know, for such a big franchise as Star Wars, you could have had huge numbers on that if you rolled that out worldwide that would have, you know, offset the extra cost that it probably would have incurred. But that's a... That's yeah. a different conversation. I got to see it eventually. Well, actually, I, I tell you, I, I, I found a way to watch that. And then I watched it again when Disney Plus came out. And I will probably watch it again soon to get ready for season two. Oh, yeah. And, and I've said before, dude, I'm and, – and I don't care what anybody fucking thinks of me when I say this, dude, because I know what I'm about to say is very unpopular with a lot of people. I don't oh, – I <laughs> I have no issue whatsoever with pirating movies and TV shows. I have no problem with it at all. I'm broke as fuck, and these people who complain about it because they're losing money are they have more money in a week than I'll make in my life. Yeah. I don't and they're dodging taxes about, about yeah. stealing shit online. Yeah, I I kind of sometimes I kind of have that to a to a certain degree, but then. You know, go out to like music and other stuff. I just feel like, you know, if it's like if it's Mandalorian, I'll sleep. I'll I'll pirate that and sleep at night. But you know, it's like at what point then do I draw the line? And it's a slippery slope. You know, do it, and then I'm going to start. The more I normalise doing it, the more I'm going to just <laughs> do it. Whereas you know, if it's something like Schmodown, obviously not that you could pirate Schmodown, but you know, I, I just want what, what I want to support the thing. If it's like music, I. I I won't pirate music. I mean, I also don't really know how to. Um, I don't want to. I, I remember using LimeWire, but me too. But that that never went well. Um, very, like one out, one time out of ten, I ended up with what I actually wanted, and no weird viruses or anything like that. Um, so I never pirate music, and I won't pirate a movie unless they do something where they fuck the whole country of England and Europe, the whole continent of Europe. And then I, I, I don't mind it then. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm fighting a good fight when I do that, but I try and be very, yeah. And, and I will say like, I don't, I, I will say that I, that uh, I do legally have HBO yeah. Netflix, Hulu, ESPN Plus. So there are streaming services that I have legally that I yeah. I sub for Amazon Prime. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to keep them all for very yeah. long, but I get them when I need them for this show or other shows or when I want to watch. Realist and a pragmatist, I get it. But like, you know, Falcon, yeah, dude, I'm going to go pirate that. I'm sorry. 
or, you know, uh, the Impractical Jokers movie, I'm going to go pirate that. If I can't find it on a service I already have, legally have, I'm not going to go yeah. buy the service where I can find it just for that. I'm going to go to whatever site and just watch it for free. And it's not too difficult, you know, to, especially these days, to kind of just release a movie on, you know, the Play Google Play Store or, you know, there's so many ways you can get it out there. To, to not have it accessible to certain places and certain just it's kind of just obnoxious at this point. Yeah. So they they and then they 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 got to be realistic about it as well. They know, like Disney, surely they knew that that was probably going to be the most pirated show ever. Um, I don't know if there's numbers on that. Um, <laughs> but I would assume that the um the amount of people in Europe and Australia that were watching Mandalorian that first week was probably a lot higher than it should have been. And they're, they're not stupid. They knew what, like I say, got to be real about it. Yep. And and the reason that they didn't do anything about it or didn't make a big fuss about it is because they can afford it. It's fine. They're not going to die about it. Yeah. Hopefully. If, if um, Bob Iger drops dead right now, I'm nowhere near <laughs> it was not a threat. It's not a threat, Mr. Iger. No. Uh, I was going to do yeah, that. Man, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That. That's actually it for today, everybody. Uh, uh, unless you had anything else to wrap it up with, Dean? No. Nah, that. That. We, we've gone pretty. Pretty long. We're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you at, man? Find me on Twitter and not at Bob Iger's house. Uh, where am i i'm over there hell yeah uh and you guys can find me on the twitter at jwade 1134 that is a letter w-a-d-e 1134 uh you can also find this show as well as others on your merc with a movie blog feed on all your podcast podcasting platforms go to anchor it seems to be a lot more uh a lot uh simpler i should say a lot more simpler um you can also find this show obviously here uh if you're watching it now on the youtube channel scn after live and the other content from merc with the movie blog can be found on the merc with the movie blog channel on youtube uh again uh 7 p.m eastern time tonight sarah and i are back with go get that rose our bachelor nation podcast Join us for that live on the Merc with the Movie blog channel. And, uh, yeah, until next uh, – well, I, I'm used to saying until next – You can find me on your Schmodown show if you ask nicely. That's where you can find me. And i I'm already got some thoughts going in my mind, man. I've been thinking about some stuff. Oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about some stuff here pretty soon. Uh, but, yeah, guys, uh, until – Friday, not next okay. week, until Friday when we wrap up this week of coverage from SCN Live. Uh, everybody have a safe couple days, and we will talk to you on Friday. Peace out.